Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply, see mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans. Hello and welcome to the latest issue of Red Side Le Trent as we come to you following a fairly frustrating night for Nottingham Forest as they were held 1-0 by newly promoted Burnley in their fifth game of the Premier League campaign. The result leaves them eighth in the table. <laughs> Stuff was a bit weird to say eighth in the Premier League table with seven points from five games, which I'm sure we all would have taken having seen the run that we had. Although there is a possibility that some may have wanted a little bit more. But um, yes, we'll cover that on Duke. Awesome, your host Christian Brown, and we don't have quite have a full house today, but I am with Reese Lane and Wicklow. So we will start, Reese, with you with the first shock of the night, if you like, that wasn't quite the new uh, Forest logo, if you like, of a side of the trend. End, but apparently, I've been told lights up, um, which it looks does, quite cool. Yeah. Um, but it was the team selection itself. So you know, obviously, straight off the bat, it like a forty-three-one. There were first starts for Montiel and Alanga. Debuts for Sangare and Hudson Adoy. Were you quite surprised with Cooper's sort of tactics for the game and sort of his team selection? Um, I wouldn't say the tactics I was surprised with. Um, the selection, yeah, I was a bit surprised, but I was also excited at the same time. I mean, when I saw the team and you looked at a front three with the pace that front three and obviously Gibbs White and behind, and then you've got a new. Your record signing starting in Sangare um, for the well initial record anyway. Yeah, it was exciting. Um, I thought it was probably very harsh and actually the wrong decision to drop Ryan Yates. I thought again last night was a typical game for him. Um, a team who's probably going to come and battle. Um, I know Burnley are very much, a lot more fluid than Sheffield United, but a team who probably would have before the game took a point and ran for the hills. So I was surprised to see him not in the side. And after his performance at Chelsea, amongst others, yeah, I can feel a little hard done by. The others, obviously, Montiel came in because Ore was um, was he injured. Ore, I think he had a knock, Cooper said. And then Bolly was ill, I believe, I think he said in his um, post-match. So they were kind of 
enforced changes. But yeah, I was excited because I thought, yeah, this is a team what can go at Burnley, even though I expected them to do to have quite a bit of the ball because they are um, stuck in that way of playing from the Championship. Although it is hard at this level, but yeah, I was excited when I saw the team. I think there's a lot to be excited by. I think, you know, on paper, very good. It was just a case of whether it would fit in. And so I suppose Adam sort of took a little bit of time. I think Forrest were fairly slow out the blocks yesterday. Uh, don't think it was, yeah, it wasn't like one of those where we've seen before where we're firing from first whistle. It took us a little bit of a while to sort of get our foot on the ball a little bit. But we did take control for a good 20-minute spell in the first half. And, um, you know, a lot of Burnley errors went unpunished which was quite uncharacteristic really of us especially recently with our goal scoring form that we've been on where we sort of latched on some mistakes and sort of made the most of it which you kind of have to be the Premier League team but were you, you know, were you sort of infused by that start do you think the goal was a formality what did you think from the first 20 minutes or so yeah I generally thought we'd force them into an era where it kind of looked like we're playing on Sunday morning kind of thing and we might capitalise on one of those mistakes. We got into so many good areas with with Alanga, Hudson Odoi, Gibbs White. Winnie not not so much, but it was always like little those little moments in the final third that was kind of costing us decision making. I thought overall on the night wasn't the best, but that's kind of expected when you've got a new front four almost playing together for the first time in in that way where we're trying to get on the front foot, but. It's exciting. I think it's going to take a few games to to get that going, and then obviously depending on opposition, because obviously City away next. I, I mean, we'll probably talk about it later on, but I expect a completely different approach to that game because we're probably going to see very little of the ball again. So it's it's a work. It's going to be a work in progress. I think in hindsight, you kind of have to just look back and go, it's it, there's still more to come, and and I'm sure it'll be exciting. Yeah, definitely. I think I would agree as well with the final ball being particularly poor all night, especially. It wasn't just in the first 20 minutes. It's just, it was quite reflective of Forest as a whole, which I think was more the most frustrating element, I think, to take out of that. Because I think as much as, and obviously we'll come on to this in due course, Burnley probably left uh, Nottingham last night more disappointed than we were that they had only had one point rather than three. But yet, had our final ball been better in those first 20 minutes, especially when... Like they kept it was almost like they were completely unable to put a pass out to the right hand side. Burnley, I think it was about three or four, which went straight out of play, just like try to find the right back. And yeah, sadly, we just couldn't capitalize on it. And Reese, as we know in the Premier League, if you don't take your chances, if you don't stamp your authority, if you don't, you know, throw your weight around, you are liable to be punished. And lo and behold, Burnley started to get a bit of a foothold and then took control. And, very frustrating circumstances. Um, I'll let you dissect the goal and yeah, but obviously when it took the lead, I'll let you take away. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how you pronounce the um, the lad's name on the left wing for them. I'm not sure if you two Coley Co- should be getting used yeah, to it now. He's, he's yeah. scored twice against us now, isn't he? Oh, sorry, yeah, no, oh, I'm, um, I'm doing his on about I'm doing, doing so, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, he, I was very, very impressed with him. Um, pace to burn, and he caused Montiel a lot of problems all night. I'm sure we'll come on to Montiel later, but um, yeah, I mean, when watching the highlights, when Joe Warrell runs out to him, I just thought it was going to be a typical, perfectly timed challenge from Joe Warrell. He's he's quite good at 
perfectly timed slide tackles, and it kind I'm not I'm not sure kind of what happened, whether it was kind of with the obviously the surface being quite greasy last night with all the rain we've had yesterday, uh, typical British weather again, and it was just like that split second where the guy, the left wing, again, I've forgot his name already. The guy literally had that split second empty where it's just. He's just gone. And once he's knocked the ball past Warrell and Montiel's a bit behind, he's in. And then the ball's kind of played back into it's bobbled on the edge of the area. And it's a good finish for Mandoon. He's right in the corner. There's absolutely no chance for Matt Turner. And I think he, he just bent it round Warrell into it. Actually got back into a centre back position then. So yeah, it's, it, it was disappointing in the sense that really we probably should have stopped that on the wing. Um but like you say, Christian, in this league, there is going to be you're going to teams are going to get chancing at times. Teams are going to punish you, and it. I'm doing his finish was a really good finish. Like I say, right into the bottom corner, and sometimes you just got to say, well, yeah, we should have done better maybe to stop the position it got into. But when it, with the finish, there's nothing we could have really done about that, unfortunately. No, yeah, I think you're right. It was. It was frustrating. It was a terrible, it kept up a terrible 10 minute spell for Montiel because he got booked for late lunch, if you like, where you saw it's oh Christ, like what you done that for? And then like he just I think he misplaces his next three passes and then just gets absolutely destroyed. I did have a tinge of sympathy for him though, because when the ball's cut back across, actually Montiel gets a deflection on it, which stops it going to the I think it was Foster uh, on the six yeah. yard box, but then it, it, that deflection that just takes it straight out to the edge of the box and we don't close yeah, it down. It's like, how's your luck? Like, yeah. mm. He's still got but, a lot to yeah, do, to I mean, be fair, it, there, Andouni, and it's it's a cracking finish. Yeah. For, for me, I think one Worrell doesn't need to run diagonally towards Koleosho because he surely knows that he's just going to burn in for pace. If he runs, like, actually, like, in parallel to him, he either meets him and, and either has to stop him in his tracks and make him go round him or... When he does go out wide, he has to clean him out. Really, I think like what I, you said, Reese, he hesitates a little bit. Weird. No, I, I generally thought he timed. I thought he timed the run to perfection. I literally thought, right, as I seen him running across, right, yeah, he's going to come across. A slide tackle's going to come in. Everybody's going to clap, and Bernie's going to get thrown. And then it was just like, I don't know whether it like, I'm not sure that just that little split second, and I don't know if it's just a bit of a stutter or, but like I said, because of the surface, I, I, just a bit. Bit little tiny bit odd, and then it in that moment he'd obviously burnt him. I mean, yeah, he, like I say, he had absolutely pace to burn me that young ladder. I mean, I was looking at um his career, and he just he's only played a few times for Espanol, so it was a real strange one. Seemed going from like you know, I think es was Espanol in La Liga 2 like maybe last year, I think, or did they go? I think they went down, didn't they? Because Barcelona actually sent them down, I believe, their rivals. So to go from that kind of relegation fodder in La Liga, hardly playing, to really impressive in the Premier League, he's fair play to that. He looks a talent um, to behold. He looked really good. He looked really good. Like, as I said to you after the game, he reminded me a bit of um, Gnonto, his start last season. Mm. I remember Leeds had a game at Wolves last year at Molyneux, and Gnonto just destroyed that right-hand side. Ironic. It was very reminiscent of that, really. Ironically, this guy's apparently Italian as well, according to Flash scores. So. Yeah, well, yeah. hopefully this Number one doesn't one. Force, uh, go on strike if Burnley up going down. But no, <laughs> yeah. I, going going back to the incident, I mean, 
I was well, much like you, very surprised that Warhol didn't deal with it. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a, like you know, it's not. We can't just blame him for it because Montiel's just been like you know abandoned no, his post it, basically. But it wasn't a slight on Warhol at that, all. I just not yeah. sure what kind of happened there. No, yeah, but I think what I think the surprise me the most is that it's his strength. Like Warhol's much bigger and stronger than him, and he was in a position where he could sort of almost lean over, and you know, he wouldn't have been a penalty or anything like that because he wouldn't, you know, he would just would have been put down to oh, you know, it's just lack of strength but he just sort of you're right he sort of froze isn't he he's sort of just like in that, in that split second he's gone he's put he's cut the ball back and um that's the quote our former former manager those are the fine margins we deal with unfortunately in the Premier league but um adam i mean second half was a little bit better again montiel wasn't great to begin with and it, the change that we all sort of foresaw ended up happening with you know Tavares coming on in his place of him and Ola Aina switching to right back and that sort of took that left wing out of the game really it was very quiet after that and um we seem to make that most of that um it, I mean obviously that was a change we know Cooper doesn't really like making early changes but were you sort of in agreement that that sort of needed to be done especially as a, as a yellow card as well yeah I thought Montiel was getting destroyed nearly every time Cody Osho was having a chance to run at him he, he really struggled I don't know not sure if that's just like an adapting thing where he's just not expecting that or you're playing against a lad who's just absolutely fearless quite clearly isn't it and, and he's just using his his key attribute but once Oleino went over that way he just he completely snuffed him out it's similar to how Serge Aurier came on against Nonto in the Leeds game won it for Nico Williams and just just it snuffed him out experience pace power I mean the tackle he put in on the right hand corner I don't know if that was like one all or what but that was a kind of a no no chance here lad like you've got you've got no hope um and I thought Oleino was absolutely outstanding on both both fullback positions I mean what a pickup! I've said, I said this before in the break. What what a pickup he's been for free. He's been brilliant, outrageous, isn't it? I have all, all the signings we've made. It could well be that that's the most astute one, which is insane, really. But I mean, obviously, I'm reluctant to be too critical of Montiel because, as we saw last year with Lodi, like you know, obviously Lodi started off very slowly, and then his class shined through. Ultimately, you don't have a CV like Montiel's if. It's terrible at football, let's be honest. I, I, so, I'd be interested to know, see what he's like in a in a in a wing back position, uh, more hmm. so because I think that's more his strength. But I think he can play in a four. I think it would just take him maybe a, a little a bit of time to get used to and and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll certainly see. But I mean, you know, I thought it was a bit. Some of our fans were a bit too eager to put the knife in last night. Some of the ones who have serious issues with the ownership, shock horror, and um, which is a bit unfortunate, but you know, I'm not going to write him off the one game. Like, like we said before, like he isn't from what it's worth, he isn't on our player performances, which is why I'm sort of covering it now. But we've seen good players have terrible debuts and starts at Forest and go on to be fine, and we've seen very bad players have very good debuts. Like, take Shelby, for example, Shelby looked great against Fulham, <laughs> now he's at some Turkish team no one's ever heard of, so. You know, Chris O'Grady's a one in two for debuts. He was yeah. the one uh, QPR way when he was absolutely unplayable. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, it, it does happen. It, these things do happen. And but like I said, so I mean, I'm reluctant to put the knife in too much just yet. Um, yeah, let's give him a fair crack of the whip first, and I'm sure he'll get that in time. But uh, race, I mean, I think what we come on to was you know the Callum Hudson Adoy goal which 
you know, after a brilliant ball from Sangari into the box, which Taiwo takes down immensely and lays it off. But out of all the goals we've scored, probably as a Premier League team ever, that one might be ranking up pretty highly, I think. Ooh, ever. Fair. That's a, I think definitely since we've come back, and uh, that's probably the best one, I'd say. So I think Cooper mentioned that. I'm not sure if you guys have read his post match. He said we was we conceded so many of them goals last season. It's actually it's got to be a point when you've got to start scoring them kind of goals. And yeah, that was a that was an absolutely um brilliant goal. I mean, my celebrations was more the gift of Pep when he was at Bayern Munich when I think Lewandowski scored his like fourth goal in like ten minutes. It was like absolute kind of shock because it, yeah, it was inch perfect. One to in off the post, and you know James Trafford in goal for them was full length, and he, he got nowhere near it. No keeper in the world saving that, um, and a great start for him because he's gone from you know I think by I mean it would bid in sixty seventy million for him a few years ago to a three million pound player with respect to the kid it's a bit of a fall from grace isn't it um so but the good thing is he's still got age on his side i think he's only 22 he's working back working with a manager who he had success with with england in the youth system so hopefully he can get back up to a good level with us and realize that potential really and that was that was the perfect start last night um i thought i thought aside from the goal as well i thought he overall he did quite well um, he, he looked to attack. I think it was Conor Roberts wanted to right back. Um, he looked to attack him several times, like you said earlier, Christian. It was just, just couldn't that that break just kind of wouldn't happen for us, would it? Last night, I think with a lot of players really, and the only kind of detriment of Hudson Odoi playing was that Alanga went to the right, and this is after me saying last week Hudson Odoi would play on the right, and Alanga, I think to be fair to Charlie Taylor, I thought he did quite well against Alanga, so. Um, on the back of what the Burnley fan said to you, Adam, say he was pretty um, drafted in, wanting he isn't a company player. I thought he, I thought he dealt with Alanga really well. So, yeah, but Hudson Odoi, fabulous goal, like definitely, definitely the best goal I think we've seen since we got back up, and it probably will be up there in terms of goals we've scored in the Premier League. I'm just thinking of the Bohemian outside of the foot, Sheffield Wednesday, probably one and. I'm not sure if that chip against Tottenham was in the Premier League. Just a couple to just to think about uh, off the top of my head. I'm saying it's definitely in the conversation. I mean, like, yeah, as you said, it is it's perfect. I think the noise off the post as well. It's just yeah. like, you know, it's just like you know, that sort of like Italian sort of hand gesture, just like perfect, perfect. Like, it's just <laughs> you so, like, so, yeah. You couldn't see it had gone in at first from obviously you've seen it hit the post and you didn't really know from the for them whether it hit the post and come back out and he was kind of waiting on the trend and to uh, get up and celebrate but yeah that that was a fabulous goal no i think you made a very point about langer as well i mean i i, I saw a tweet earlier of someone saying like oh no one's mentioning brennan johnson after last night i was like well, one no one asked that's a ridiculous comment to make but two, I actually felt that Johnson would have been a perfect on that in that system on the right hand side. It's we're in this position now where it's sort of like, and it's another sort of headache for Cooper almost is are Hudson Adoy and Alanga better off the left cutting in than being isolated on the right and sort of. I mean, to, to his credit, Alanga, he never stopped trying, he was always willing to take him on, he was always willing to try and move the ball. Up it the was, yeah. he never. He never yeah. He never backed down from Taylor once, but he wasn't getting the joy. I mean, 
I mean, also, it's another fact that he's obviously it was his first start. You know, we've seen him come on against more tired legs before, where his pace maybe makes more of a difference. Who knows? But yeah, that's that was definitely an interesting point because Taylor had a very good game, I thought, for Burnley last night. And um, like yeah, the um, anger was the burn, yeah. like the Burnley fan said to Adam, he was kind of a typical Sean Dyche player, wasn't he? Um, he just kind mm. of gave it hundred percent and stuck to his task. He didn't do anything, anything over the top or anything exuberant. He just stuck to his task and thought for someone who, as the Burnley fan again said to Adam, for someone who was pretty uh, rusty, you'd say. I thought, yeah, I thought he did a pretty decent job for them. Definitely, yeah. Uh, Adam, the game wasn't without controversy, um, uh, which is quite, quite a two-pronged. Where is Lee Clark? <laughs> yeah, where is Lee when you need him? He's, he's doing a pitch <laughs> inspection somewhere. Oh, goodness me. But, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> where do you start? So, I mean, I, was, I, I, I actually agree with Cooper in that I was more annoyed with the defending for this than anything else so i mean it's, it's a clip ball over the top it's nothing particularly fancy or anything like that but obviously sander bergs take it down on his bicep basically and um put the ball over and scored but i mean what did you think because i've seen it from multiple ways I, I thought it was quite interesting one of my mates is an arsenal fan and he has no allegiance either way to forest or burnley and he messaged me straight away afterwards and went that's handball every day of the week like he's taking like he's whether it's at full speed, whether it's on slow-mo in the replays, like he's, he's controlled out, he's brought it down with his arm, it's handball. I had another mate say to me, like, <laughs> also an Arsenal fan, quite extensively, he said, that's incredibly harsh. So it's, uh, and I think BBC ran a poll, like, was it the right or wrong decision? And I think 6,000 said it was a, was a wrong decision, 5,000 said it was right. So even that's not a massive sort of like, it's very divisive. Where do you stand on it? And, do you think we got away with one? Do you think it was handball? What's your sort of thoughts on the situation? In 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 real time, I generally just thought Scott McKenna got bodied by Sander Berger, to be honest. And I was more bothered about that than obviously seeing it was handball and seeing the highlight. I kind of it, it it's neither here nor, nor there, is it? You like you'd be you'd feel hard done by if it's your own team and you're kind of like thankful that. It went, it went for you in terms of the VAR. But I think if Sander Burge doesn't have his arm there, does he control the ball? Does it like ricochet off McKenna back into his path and then not really matter? You, you're never going to know. So for me, as a biased Forest fan, it's the right decision, isn't it? But yeah, you, you're, you, you feel hard done by if it's your own team, but I can see why it's given. Um, I, I'm, more, I'm more bothered about the defending, really. I mean... The, the the key question is, and I'm I'm sure a lot of Forest fans are, are debating this: is is that kind of the end for Scott McKenna now? Is this now where if you want to go go to a four at the back, is Niakati now a must? And then do you start trying to push through Murillo because Scott McKenna's can talk to teams in January? I mean, that was not the Scott McKenna we saw in the three against Chelsea, was it? I think he's more suited in in that three. But then again, he he bailed us out on a few occasions, didn't he? But yeah, tr- tricky one, I think. But I think the right decision was made just because I'm biased. Reese, what about you? I think this is one that we sort of have to open up for everyone. Yeah. Um, we obviously had one before, didn't we? With um, I've seen a screenshot of where it hits Tyro's arm, but then on the video, you can't see it hit his arm. So it's, it's yeah, strange. It doesn't hit Tyro's arm. Yeah. It doesn't hit Tyro's arm. I've, I've seen a kind of screenshot where it looks like it has, and 
I hate going on screenshots. I mean, we're in this modern day technology and we're going on screenshots to judge decisions. Is that, you know, the media love that, don't they? Because it especially talks about because it obviously causes deba- debate. So um, we, we, we spoke about this, didn't we, in his group chat. Um, I mentioned it to Lee that I didn't think it was deliberate handball, but Lee said the rule is it's either deliberate handball or to gain an advantage. So hitting his arm as really kind of gained his advantage because it's allowed him to follow his run through and cross it to um, Lyle Foster and he's turned it in. So by the letter of the law, which I, I think most of us don't know nowadays because handball's so subjective and that by the letter of the law, it is probably the right decision. Um, but like you just said there, Christian, with that poll, it's, it's totally split and handball's always so tough to determine whether it is or not. So if I was a Burnley fan, I'd, I'd kind of be saying, well, is that a clear and obvious error from the referee? So it, it is a tough one, but with what Lee's, I'm going on what Lee, these are Lee's words, by the the um, the statement of the law, it's gaining an advantage and he, that would mean that's, that's why they've disallowed it. I'm guessing that's why they've disallowed it. But um, yeah, we, we did get away with one because like Adam said, I mean, I'm not sure what it was very similar to the error McKenna made against Bournemouth, wasn't it? Last year we just got in a bit of a mess and tried to correct it. And like Adam said, Birds just kind of bodied him, got away from him, and then it was a bit of a disaster. Then really, we d- we didn't really like defend first and foremost a lot last night, where we could have just cleared the ball out up the line. We didn't want to seem to do that, which is fair enough if you want to like play out, but. When the option's not there, just bloody get it rid of it. That's I what think, McKenna could have done, and he didn't. I, I think you could tell as well that the, the team last night, you know, Montiel's come in for his full Premier League debut. Sangari's come in for his full Premier League debut. You know, there's, there's probably a language barrier. I mean, it happened early last season. I remember when McKenna and Lodi was playing on that side. I think it was the Fulham and the Arsenal game where there was just like, sixes and sevens and so it is it is going to take time you know we, we we probably know on paper we've got a better standard of player this season but it's still going to take time and, and relationships are going to have to build and to be honest like Adam just said there that team last night probably in I don't know a month two months time they'll probably be players in that team who aren't starting it's just the reality of the situation and someone else who you'd not mentioned there, Adam, was Felipe as well to come back, who yeah. for me, for what I've seen, is the best centre-back of the club. So there's plenty of competition and if, with respect, if players aren't doing it, they're going to get replaced and that that's what we want really because in, at this level, you've got to be consistent week in, week out. No, that's it. It's it's certainly food for thought for Cooper. I'm very interested to see what he does. I personally thought that Icardi was assured to start, regardless of anything else. I thought he'd be, you know, he played 90 minutes and in international break. You know, he's see, he's obviously been on for the odd sub appearance here and there. He seems pretty recovered now, so there's no real need for him to be sort of, you know, covered in cotton wool anymore. So I thought he'd be straight into the fray, but I imagine that'll come this weekend now. Uh, by all the, 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 long, I mean, the long, that wasn't the, the long throw as well. We've we've missed. I think yeah. we missed that from the Akati because mm-hmm. that's a weapon to his arsenal without any shadow of a doubt. Yeah, it's it quite weird being on the receiving end of that after our ex 
exploit till the end of last season. I think was it Brownell? I think was just like absolutely launching absolute rockets into the box with his long throws. It was like oh, Connor, here we go. Connor, <laughs> Connor, Robert, Connor Roberts. Connor Roberts. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, oh, Aiden's really got a decent throwing, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Although like, we haven't uh, see much of it, to be fair. But yeah, Reese, that's your yeah. uh, what's it? Sw- um, sticker, mate, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. To be fair to Connor, I messaged him when Cooper joined, and he and he tipped him up. To be fair to him, said he'd be a great manager for us, and he, he was one half right. So yeah, it's it's Cooper's two year <laughs> anniversary, I believe, Thursday, and it like is. Colin Frey said, you've yeah. you've gone from the bottom of the Championship to eighth in the Premier League. It's not not bad, is it? <laughs> Not bad at all. No, I mean where we were times two years ago. I mean gearing up to play Huddersfield away, like fearing fearing the absolute worst. Is a yeah, it's a far cry from where we are now. But I mean, it wasn't the end of the AR controversy. In fact, from about the 85th minute onwards, it was just total chaos in that game uh, race. So we had what was it? We had uh, Gibbs White, you know, very nearly picking out a Rigi for a one-on-one. We had uh, disallowed goal. Sorry, disallowed goal. We had a, a red card. Sorry, we had the. Um, oh, something else I was going to mention as well. It was of particular note. Oh, that's it. Chris Wood did he score towards the end of the game as well? Like it all sort of went off. Um, but we'll go to the red card for you first and foremost. I mean, some some people have tried to say bizarrely that they felt this was harsh, and um, I'm struggling to see any form of logical comprehension that could tell you that red card was harsh. It was perhaps the most blatant red cards we've seen this in the last 15 years. Uh, what do you think? Yes, it's a red and it's, it's petty and it's silly, but you can't help both people in the stomach, can you? When, you know, there's cameras now all around the ground and so the only surprise for me was that was that Yates didn't get booked for doing a VAR symbol, you know, um, because he drew he drew the screen to the referee, I thought that's the booking and tip. But that's what I mean with the, these rules. Have kind of made a rod for their own back. You know, he he booked the ref booked Trafford dead early on for time wasting. And then there was several time wasting opportunities throughout the game. He didn't book anybody else. Yates has done that VAR symbol by the letter of the law. That's a yellow, and they're making a rod for their own back because fans are saying, "Well, where's the consistency?" But it was. Once Yates, he had convinced him to look at VAR, which it kind of looked like he'd basically said, are you going to have a look at VAR, ref? And he kind of went, oh, yeah, all right, then I'll have a look for you. And he obviously seen it and, yeah, he's he's elbowed him in the stomach. And you, you can't do that. Um, company was on TalkSport after the game and he kind of knew what he'd done. Um, he kind of said Foster that because to be fair, Foster played well for him last night. I thought he said he's, he kind of didn't admit he'd done it, but he kind of said, Look, he's got to learn from it at the same time, which kind of says, Yeah, it is a red. And also by his reaction, he literally, as soon as the referee pulled out the red card, there was no protest at all, he just walked. Um, so he, he kind of knew it, it probably had probably frustration from the fact he'd had a goal disallowed and decided to dance in front of the Burnley fans and to see that 30 seconds later his goal had been chalked off so probably annoyed from that which is fair enough but yeah definite red and yeah there's no debate on that for me yeah no it's just it's just sort of like the classic hero and villain quote isn't it with um <laughs> Foster uh but yeah, it was it was definitely a red card. I mean, I suppose um, obviously the bat, I actually on the topic of company, I thought company spoke very well after the game. Um, obviously, we've seen Heckingbottom throw his toys out of the pram and start crying because 
He was taking West Forum, would take about 15 years to take a goal kick and then wandered wide. There was 14 minutes at a time and got punished for it. Whereas Company was very much like, look, that's I don't deal with the laws. I just look after my players and that's that. And I thought that was quite noble of him to take. So fair play to him for that. Um, but ultimately, if you hear very quickly, draw fair result, would you say? All things considered. Um... I'd, I'd lean a bit to, more towards yes and no. Um, if I was a Burnley fan, I might feel a little bit aggrieved on that because I wouldn't want to support them. But um, yeah, overall, you'd probably say it was fair. If there was a team you would, you'd pick more to win, I probably would have sided with them. But there wasn't a lot of chances, was there? I think Turner made a really good save first half down to his right. Um, you know, apart, they've had. They've scored. They've obviously had the disallowed goal. That's kind of their three chances. We had, I think, where Sangari missed the header in the first half. We kind of completely missed it, didn't he? I think if he would have made any contact, he would have scored. We had the shot, I think, from Hudson Odoi, which was pretty much meat and drink for for Trafton. And obviously, the absolute screamer from Hudson Odoi. So I'd lean more towards a fair result. But if would have said to me, who do you think slightly edged it? I might have sided with them, but. Yeah, overall, I think that's pretty fair. I don't, know about I, you. Don't, I don't think I can really disagree too much. Do you only look at the, like, the stats, actually? We we had a lot more shots on goal, if you want to go off that. I think there was a lot more half chances and maybe ifs, buts and maybes from our point of view. I mean, Gibbs White going through on goal and nearly forgetting the ball, running behind him a couple of times and then cutting in. And I thought he was going to draw a penalty and then couldn't pick out a pass, Hudson Adoy couldn't pick out a pass here and there, Alanga doing the same, I think, or getting it cut out. So yeah, I think I think a draw overall, and it and I think I've seen Reese put this and a few other fans actually say this. Like if you'd reverse the two games, uh Burnley and Chelsea, people wouldn't complain as much. But because we've drawn at home to Burnley, kind of people get get on their backs a little bit more. And I can kind of see that. I was a bit disgruntled walking away, but having time to think you kind of just you take it, it's a point. Um We'll, we'll we'll beat better teams. We'll probably lose to worse teams probably this season. It's just the Forest way, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's it's true. I think you know, it was. I think it was so unbelievably Forest, wasn't it? You know, you go and beat Chelsea. You have this amazing deadline day where you get your key target of eighteen months, and you fill all the gaps that you think need filling, and then you know, draw one on with Burnley in a game that we're like but, to get a point from ultimately. But, so. but, Part of me thinks the result actually like brings us down back down to earth a little bit because I think yeah the worst thing you can kind of do as a supporting fan base is like get too excited and too complacent almost like oh yeah we should beat these that kind of brings us back down to earth of like every game is very very tough in this league so we need to be on it every week otherwise it we're not going to just roll teams over this season so that second season back for christ's sake so you know like let's let's have a few let's like keep our feet on the ground and, and just keep going let's just there's more to come I'm, I'm still excited i'm still very optimistic it's just a shame we didn't build on that chelsea win into it but like yeah. i said um mm. that's the one once you've once you've won that game, you kind of think, well, that's gone now. That's in the past. Look, we've got to look forward and win the next game. But I think universally, most Forest fans would agree we would probably would have expected to lose all his first three away games and probably win the two home games. So that would have put us on six points. So we're a point better than, I think, what we probably most of us would have said. So, um, 
yeah, I think overall, as much as disappointed was last night not to get the three points, I think overall and sat in eighth, you can't grumble too much, can you? Eighth in the Premier League. What a time. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee in terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. Anyway, uh, we're now going to move on to your slept on it thoughts. Red side of the trend. <laughs> slept on it thoughts. So. We will start with NFFC Bods, who says an experimental formation with three new signings, one who scored. A draw for point was a fair result in a game where Forest was subpar, but the opposition was close to the top of their game. Seven points after five games is a good take. Always room for improvements, but that's the Premier League. Nigel Clough, the sub of Gods, said when the fixtures were released, we said we'd take six points from the first six games. How very of us, how very biased of us to exceed that, but not in the way we predicted. Cho, Hudson Odoi looked class. Sangari had some great moments. Montiel off it at the moment. All will come good, but you need a bit of time. Come on, you Reds. Todd Mills said, take the point and run. Warren McKenna at centre back asked for trouble at this level. Mont- Montiel, to a lesser extent, Sangari struggled with pace. Probably a bad time to play one of the poorer sides at home, trying to bet a few in. Hudson Odoi outstanding goal and looked full of promise. Uh, Aston Sazzle or Sarah says, some decisions went our way. Building something special at Forest. First game playing together with a lot of new players. Hudson-Odoi, what a baby goal, take a bow. I was in the top one, said lucky to get a point. Looked unorganised, rushed and panicked for most of that game. Needs to be more imaginative in the final third. Poor performance, great goal from Hudson-Odoi though. A bit of a recurring theme here, isn't there? Uh, Sam said, overall improvement from last year. Gone from losing to Bournemouth and Fulham to beating Sheffield United and drawing to Burnley, which you can't complain about really. Hudson-Odoi and Alanga are a real threat. Taiwo looking a little off the pace. Mangala and Yates, good. Sangare... Uh, improved second half. World played well. McKenna a bit shaky. Ina amazing. Tavares really good. Montiel dot 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 rash. Uh, with players coming back from injury and players getting settled in, we're looking at a good position going forwards. Michael Cooper says we will get better. A few need to get up to speed. Plenty of positives. Gibbs White still not firing just yet. Reese Ball said no need to panic. We'll get stronger when the new signings settle in. Hudson Doy what a strike. Paul B says was really confident before the match, but in hindsight, draw seems fair. New players need time to bed in. It was fortunate this allowed VAR goal. And last but not least uh, was Elliot or Premier League Elliot, who says didn't slip up on the pitch of Barnaskin, treat Sangare like Lodi last season, as in give him time to gel and the chance to learn the language and train with us more, and he'll be that boss number six that we need. Please don't play kids by MGMT during a minute silence, whoever you are. Yeah. Um, anyway, as we've got quite a few more. Uh, as always, we've got so many to go through. So thank you for getting those in. Much appreciated. We also have one from Lee Clark, who obviously is currently inspecting some picture Ollerton somewhere. I don't know. But um, he said, slept on it, thoughts. Hudson and Doy, brilliant. Love that he can't wait to dribble into the box. Ina, very good too, but a pretty underwhelming display on the whole. With some fans, there's never an okay option. Players are either crap or world-class. Bizarre, really. On to the next which is very true. It's a bit ironic, really, that we're going to sort of lead on from that. 
um, sort of into just imagine Lee, can imagine Lee <laughs> chucking a ball up in the air, in the air now and it's just dropping dead on the floor <laughs> in a puddle of water like not bouncing nothing <laughs> yeah and then, well, and then and draws out some red card you can play on that <laughs> yeah. I, I would have loved I was to have asked red card. if he if he, if he sit... Sorry, yeah I was about to say that about the guy yeah, the bloke yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the red card. Like, what are you doing? Oh, look, I, I love football. It's <laughs> great. Sorry for my language. That yeah, it's great, isn't it? Oh, so funny. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I was like, you have to believe that one, out, Adam. Yeah, we're, we've been watched now, Adam. But <laughs> anyway, we'll move on to our flair performances. So, Reese, I'm going to um, be rather, rather nasty and give you two. I think you probably guess who they are. Um, our centre back pairing of Scott McKenna and Joe Worrell. Um, well, I mean, like, like they're very, they're very similar, and I think Worrell's adapted to this level better than McKenna, that's for sure. But they're very similar in terms of they just can't, as if, seem to get that consistency, and that's what I put about Worrell um, after Chelsea game where he was absolutely incredible. And then last night, there was both... I mean, there was to a point where, towards the end of the game, there was kind of arguing with one another. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure whether that is because they've changed from a back three. I, I'm, I'm not too sure because they've shown at times, both of them, and like I've said, especially more Warrell, who had that really good run at the back end of last season when we needed players to step up to be fair to the lad. They've shown they can do it at this level. It's just the problem is at this level, you've got to be consistent more times often than not. Um, and they both, you'd probably both say there was like a six out of 10 maybe last night where, you know, you've got to be looking at a bit better than that, haven't you? So, um, I mean, even McKenna probably lower after that mistake, wasn't he? That was a bit of a mess, to be honest. But um, it, it's, it's a tough one because I don't, with what they've both done for the club, I don't like going over OTT and I don't like going OTT on one performance of players. But um, like I said earlier in the um, another point, there's competition for places now. And I know if the standards drop, and that's anybody in the team, not just them two, then they know there's somebody going to come in and take the shirt. But um, yeah, just... Just the consistency. It, it, it's just a bit. It's just quite. It's just frustrating because I know they can. I know they can do it. It's just that then there's times when they don't do it, and you're like, oh. And I, you know, a few people put back to me, "Are oh, they only human?" Which of, of course I get, but you know, Premier League football. Premier League footballs have got to be consistent more times than not. That's why they're at this level because you know that consistency is consistent. <laughs> Using well, that word a lot, but. um yeah, probably a bit of an off night for them both, I guess, last night. The Premier League's ruthless as well. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, so it is, yeah. You, 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 your mistakes stand out so much and, more than they do in the know, Championship. If if the, if there was to play, um, give a six out of ten, let's say, on Saturday <laughs> against Manchester City, then you're going to get you're going to get beaten comfortably, you know what I mean? It, it's like you say, Adam, it's ruthless. But um, they've got it in them. It's just that you know, it's kind of one week they're really good and then one week they kind of go back to being fairly average again. So, 
but yeah, we'll, we'll see this. You know, we're only a few games into the season, and it's it's just it's just frustrating for me because what you get on the back of this is this is why I put the tweet last week. Every week you're just getting, especially Joe being from the academy. Every week you're getting questions: Is he good enough? Is he not? And then it, it flip flaps every week. Like I seen, you know, after the Chelsea game, Warrell was getting praise from everybody. Oh, absolutely brilliant and. Fuller it is there because he was, and then last night I've, I've seen loads. Warren isn't good enough, so it's kind of what is it? We can't keep going from like one week to the other, can we? If a player's good enough and they're not good enough, it's either they are or they're not. So, I'm 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 got my fingers crossed for them both that they can really get some consistency going, uh, especially Warren because he just signed a new contract as well. Um, you know, the McKenna, you know, if I was to make a bet on it, probably I might not, I didn't think he'll be here next season, but. You know, Joe's just signed a three-year deal, I believe, aren't he? So, if he and you'd probably expect him to play more as well. So, you definitely want to see some more consistency overall. I'd say. No, definitely. No, definitely. I think that I, I agree with the frustrating part. I actually would have gone as far to say that I felt McKenna was the worst player in red shirt last night, even worse than Montiel. Um, I think, which I know is a bold call, but I genuinely felt that it just seemed like nothing went right for him whatsoever. The only thing that did was right at the end of that slide tackle block um, to stop that yeah, cross. Yeah, probably save as a yeah, save Sangari. Save the goal. Yeah. yeah, and it he was maybe, and he was the fair. only person. Yeah, he was the only person on the ground as well. To be fair to him, that actually said that Berger handballed it to <laughs> before oh, right. he got looked at on VAR. Like, no, like, no other Forest player did. I mean, <laughs> in stoppage time, I think we mentioned. I think Adam mentioned Roberts's throwing earlier, and I mentioned how like Warrell and McKenna was arguing. And they was both trying to organise to fair to the lads, and like I said, that's where like the language barrier probably comes in because I think Sangara is looking round like, where do I need to kind of be? And yeah. Um, there's a bit of chaos at the end because it was, we panicked a little bit, I think, when they chucked the ball into his box last night, didn't we? There was a few times mm-hmm. where we literally got driven across the box on the floor and nobody was there for them. So, yeah, um, but not going to go OTT. It was an average performance probably from them both, but they are capable, that's that's for sure. It's just getting that consistency. That's the thing, yeah, it's just extracting it, yeah. Um, someone who was very good though, Adam, I'll, I'll move on to someone nice for you, um, is... Big T, Tyler Wadney. So that makes it in his last nine league games. He's got nine goals and two assists. Obviously, the, the most recent assist coming last night, which is just outrageous, really. There's no other way forward. That's, that's just absolutely phenomenal run of um, goal involvement for Forrest. But I felt that when we were sort of toiling a little bit, he was the bright light still. He was still, you know, working his nuts off at the top. He was still chasing the, the right cut loose causes. He was still throwing his body about him and that Jordan, I think Jordan Byers, that's his name, they had a proper good tussle at centre-back. Uh, sorry, nice sort of striker. Um, how do you think he played? Yeah, it's kind of what you expect off Big T nowadays, isn't it? Just 100% gives everything he can get, uh, he can give, sorry, and just try and get players into play. I thought he, he was starved of service i think he had one maybe half chance in the first half where not sure if hudson and Roy played it down the line or played it himself and and when he tried to swing a boot at it and i think i think Bayer did quite well to kind of snuff him out in, in that instance but yeah i think he, he he struggled kind of to get his chances unfortunately i think it was a game where if if Alanga could have beat had a better a better game against charlie taylor then he might have got a chance or two but 
I think they, they will come when, when people know what his runs are like and, and all that sort of stuff and how he likes to get the ball in the box service-wise and everything. But you can't fault his effort. And obviously, the stats aren't lying with, what, 11 goal contributions in nine games. I think he needs a few more goal involvements for for the record for a record of some sorts to do with an African player. I'm not sure exactly on the numbers or, or anything, but I know it's close to Salah. So, yeah, I mean... It, as a striker, if you can't score goals, if you're providing in another instant, then then that's good for the team, isn't it? And you know what you're going to get. And at least when he comes off the pitch, you kind of say he's put his he's put the work in. So yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy even though he's not scoring, he's still doing his bit, isn't he? No, definitely, absolutely. Um, Reese, I suppose we have to sort of cover the main man because he obviously cost us 30 million pounds being really nice of these player reviews you know uh Ibrahim Asangare <laughs> yeah. your thoughts God, on his performance you'd be asking me to cover Harry Artis Forest career next um <laughs> uh well, how did you guess <laughs> <laughs> um I was surprised to see him start I'm not gonna lie um because he played for the Ivory Coast on so it would have been a week today wasn't it um last week, which their game got abandoned, I think, due to a waterlogged pitch in the end. I think they played Marley in a friendly, which, you know, as we discussed in the chat, it's not ideal, is it, that apparently the, the fixture schedule is absolutely crammed full and we can't get enough rest yet. We're playing international friendlies five games into the season, but that's another discussion. But um, So, yeah, he, he's, he's still in the Ivory Coast Tuesday night. He's not going to fly back till Wednesday. I'm, I'm not sure how long a flight it is the Ivory Coast, but I'm sure it's a fairly lengthy one. Um, so you can write Wednesday off. So he's probably not going to get back to Nottingham or whatever till late Wednesday night. So you can kind of really write Thursday off as well. And then I'd imagine he's maybe trained two or three times over the weekend, um, which he's, he's just come to a brand new team, a brand new country. I don't think he speaks English at the minute because that the gentleman on Twitter translated for him when he signed. Uh, and he's coming to the, a new league, which is the best league in the world. So I was surprised to see him start. But um, I thought he looked a bit rusty early doors um, and kind of maybe the pace was a bit of a shock to him. But then I thought he actually, went, once he got a touch of the ball and actually... There was a few times some really good interceptions from him. I thought he looked a bit better. But as the game went on, I think the last 15 minutes he started to tire. You know, that led to the mistake right at the end where McKenna kind of got him out of jail. But look, it's it's one game. It's going to take a lot of time. I know he's, I know he's his record sign is coming for a lot of money for us. But, you know, it's going to take, it's going to, there's going to be a bedding in process for some of these players. They've got to get used to each other again. That's, you know, what happened last season. So it's going to take time. Um, again, he was probably a six out of 10, one T as was a lot of players last night, really. I don't think they really moved from a, a, a six, maybe down to a five. Some of them um, like McKenna, as we mentioned earlier, but um, I'm sure there'll be more to come from him. So yeah, I'll, I'm really excited about that signing. And um, I thought some of the comments, what I've seen on, Twitter last night were a bit over the top, to be honest. But that—that's what happens on Twitter, and like Lee said, it's either you're either incredible or like as it was it Gattuso said that it's sometimes good, sometimes maybe poor. No, it's, it's, it's yeah. I think you're right. I think it was just very middle of the road. He looked a bit 
not leggy, but he didn't see a little off the pace uh, at times. But despite that, I mean, he's he got five tackles, three interceptions, and a clearance and a block shot as well. So that's 10 defensive mm-hmm. actions, which is quite high, really. So even despite maybe not being at his best, that's still some a fairly promising foundation to build. And that's the way I see it anyway, because I agree with you. I think six out of 10 is about right, about fair. Um, and yeah, hopefully you can build from that. It, as we sort of said, it's difficult. Like with the with a short international break, they got back later. I mean, Montiel, you can maybe make a claim for as well. Because obviously, here yeah. it's Bolivia yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, high um, altitude. The altitudes. So yeah, you're right. Having friendly to this sort of time is rather silly. But um, the, the international break come at a bad time for us, didn't it? Really, because we signed all these new players, we'd just come off the back of an incredible win, and then. Most of them, because of the level we're playing at now, most of them have gone away with the countries. So I'm sure Steve oh, yeah. Cooper and I, ideal world, would have rather had a week and a half on a training ground with them. But that's that's the Premier League. Well, Cotter Doyle benefited from that, didn't they, I suppose? Yeah, so. and Dominguez was another one, didn't he, who trained. Who, I know we didn't see last night, but um, that's the level we're at. Sure, we yeah. yeah. signing <laughs> players yeah. who are playing for the country nowadays. So, um, yeah. Good space to be in. Last one for you, Adam. I'm sure you'll be very pleased to hear this one from me. Matt Turner, who oh, I thought had a pretty good game. I thought you say Callum Hudson the door, you bugger. <laughs> um, no, I thought Matt Turner was. I had this conversation with my group of mates as well. Like incredible coming off his line and claiming catches and and actually wanting to be proactive in terms of he was like asking like who wants the ball basically, and he would generally like roll it out, throw it out and as such but I thought from goal kicks it was a bit peculiar because it was like kind of a bit slow kind of let Burnley get into their pressing positions uh, and then kind of is, is kicking maybe let him down a tiny bit but I, I think overall I thought he was all right I think he's it's gonna be an interesting one to see what it takes to give uh, Lahodimas his, his debut obviously because He's come in, he's got a wealth of experience playing Champions League and, and obviously got to the quarterfinals last season with Benfica. So he's not going to come and want to be sitting on the bench, neither is Turner. So it, it's really good competition and I think he's a really proactive keeper. I think he's a lot better than what you gave him credit for at the start of the season, Christian. I think you would agree he's, he's, he's not a bad shot stopper. He pulled off a cracking save in the first half right down to his right-hand side. Their so, fans were nearly celebrating that as well. They'd it was a, I, I, generally, I generally thought it was in yeah, as soon as he... It was a really good save. So, yeah, I think... Cooper was trying to rush him to get on with his goal kicks as well. I don't know if you noticed, Adam. I no, I didn't, early, I didn't really look at Cooper. Very early on, time. Cooper was saying to him, like, come on, get on. And then it, yeah. it took a while and Cooper was, like, really annoyed at him. I, I think, think, I think maybe something they've worked on. I think that would maybe his downfall because that's what me and my friends were saying, like, his his distribution and his passing is a bit slow. Whereas I think... I, I think Lohan his distribution be... with his hands is really good because he, like, yeah. chucks it over the defence. And I think he's good with that. It's maybe just his... Maybe just his kicking. Um, I yeah. think he's really that, quick to distribute. To be fair to him, and now now in the modern game, you need your number one to be just as good as your centre midfielder nowadays, don't you? So yeah, I think that might be the 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 thing that lets him down. But you you can't complain with him with either of them as a as a number two or or a number one. Really, it'll be interesting to see how it kind of plays out. It's similar to like Arsenal when they've got they've got I mean they dropped Ramsdale Ferreira at the weekend. So yeah, it's nice to have two 
really good goalkeepers in your ranks, really. Yeah, it's definitely interesting how that sort of one plays out. I do tend to agree with the distribution thing. I think he has been a little bit guilty of looking like he's got a bomb at his feet and just wants to clear it straight away <laughs> without really doing anything with it. But you're right, there was one instance where though, he launched the ball towards Alanga and, you know, he's the ball's like, it's a brilliant counter-attack. Like, he's, he's fractionally out because someone's impeded him. And I don't know, again, talking about refereeing inconsistencies, quite why that wasn't a yellow card, I don't really know. He's just bodied the goalkeeper and prevented a counter-attack, but sure, that's yellow. But um, he cut threw it a good 40, 50 yards. It was, it was going straight to Alanga. It probably would have got there trajectory-wise had he not been sort of like impeded. So you're right. I think mm. with his hands, he's very quick to get it out. He's great off his line. You know, as a, as a brilliant save to his uh, right to tip it around the coast for a corner. I think we could get to that. Um, yeah, he's looking pretty solid so far, which is it's, it's important. It's one of my goalkeeper's most important position. So. It's one of my football pet peeves is when you've got a goalkeeper like that who's willing to come out for crosses, especially from set pieces, and we don't leave a man up. Like, Alanga's had to run mm. 30, 40 yards just to get forward. Like, if he's already there, he doesn't have to run too far. It's kind of like, it's a bit annoying. It's that, it's, it's one of my pet peeves and what that we do that when we've got such pace on the break. You just think, why would you not give him a 30-yard head start instead of a bloody 60-yard rat, rat race? You know what I mean? There was an interesting stat yeah. on, I think, TalkSport in regards to... Because, um, like, everybody's like, this is going to Arsenal. Everyone's like, oh, Ryan's, Ramsdale being dropped for Ryan. There was a stat saying that Ramsdale had come out and caught, I think it was 17 crosses last season, where, like, Ryan had come out and caught, like, 60. Wow. So, like, the like the contrast in that. That's what I mean when you've got a keeper who commands your box and that, it does give you more confidence. But he's done he's done well, Turn. I've been pleased with him. I suppose that's... A bit of a flawed stat, though, really, because realistically, Brentford, yeah, because he plays with Brentford, yeah, yeah, exactly. it's just like so, um, realistically, if you've got Saliba in front of you, it's a bit different, like it's so just a bit odd, like it's a little bit flawed. Arsenal, do it's a bit odd, like Arsenal swapped him for me, but we're talking about it, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm another time, but anyway, we move on to uh, Boris' next fixture, which is the easiest fixture <laughs> of the Premier League calendar, a trip to. The Etihad Stadium. I believe they may have won a treble last season. I don't know if anyone's mentioned that or not. Um, yeah, bleak. But <laughs> ultimately, these are the games we wanted to be here for. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued to see, Adam, how you think we'll approach this game because surely we can't go 40 3 1 there. Surely. No, and I think this is why Cooper needed such a uh, not a deep squad because everyone gets 25 ma- five, five people in their squad. I mean, I heard uh, a lad on TalkSport mention this why the media have got an agenda of Forest signing so many players when everyone's got the same squad size. I do believe we'll go, we'll revert back to the three and play two pacey, pacey wing backs, whether you play Aina right wing back and Tavares at left wing back, just to offer that bit of support. But I wouldn't be shocked to see Nia Katia and Felipe reinstalled into the back line with Joe Worrell, to be honest. And we go. Uh, three, four, one, two, or whatever, or, may, or maybe even, maybe even Jock Gibbs White just for this one, give him a bit of a respite. I mean, I'm intrigued. I was interested that you didn't ask about him because there's been a lot of people saying that he's not quite up to scratch. You're expecting more. I think last night he actually got into some really, really good positions. Just like the ball didn't fall for him, or he forgot it, or the pass wasn't quite right. But I'd rather him be in the positions at least than, than not at all, if that makes sense. A bit like when your striker's not in the six-yard box to tap home sort of thing. So, yeah, I think I think we'll be 
similar to how we've been all already this season away from home. I think we'll try and be tough to break down. Obviously, it's easier said than done against bloody Man City. They're in a world of their own, aren't they? So it's it's going to be interesting. I think with the improvements we've made already away from home, you kind of think that will continue. I mean, 6-0 away last season at the Etihad is should be easier to beat, you'd like to think. But, you know, one Man City are in full flow. It's They're a hard team to stop as most of Europe and the world now. So, yeah, it's, I think two, Cooper's got a tough decision to make in terms of personnel. But well, I'll be very interested to see what happens come 3pm Saturday, well, 2pm Saturday when you get team news, isn't it? So, yeah, I'll be interested to see what, yeah. what comes out. No, that was, that was a very bruising uh, way, you know. That. It was, I think, we sort of covered it before. It was one of those where you're sort of half in awe at what you're watching and half like, oh, Christ, we're getting battered. It was, it was a bit very strange. It, it could have been double figures that night. Easily, that Cancelo easily. ball outside of the foot was yeah. ridiculous last season. I mean, yeah, <laughs> he's not even there anymore. He scars him last no. January. Yeah. There's nothing. <laughs> That's how good that Pep, Pep for you, isn't he? He just gets rid of people who two, disrupted. Two, two years ago, he's probably one of the best wing-backs in the world. Do you know what I mean? So, I know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, insane. I think that outside of the ball, Adam, I think there was one he did last season. Bernardo Silva like, dropped it on his chest, like leading back dead far. like, bloody hell. <laughs> So very good. Just outrageous. Race, what changes would you look to make ahead of uh, Saturday's trip to New Main Road? Um, I don't think it's nothing like Main Road, is it? Um, God, I, you say you're asking me what changes I'd make against Pep Guardiola. Um, well, what did you can't say. <laughs> we all play for a football manager in here. Yeah. We're all football um, managers at heart. <laughs> Yeah, I'd definitely put Ryan Yates back in. I think that's one because I think it's just someone you, you just, again, I know they've got Rodri and CDM, who's the best CDM in the world for me. I don't think any of us will debate that personally, but um, it's it's tough. And to, if, if we was to go to three at the back, then like Adam said, you'd probably look to have either at right wing back and Tavares at left wing back. And to be fair, Tavares' pace was. Um, he looked rapid last night, so that that's an asset I think we could use going forward. The other option is you stay with a back four, maybe change one of the the centre backs, in which would most likely be McKenna, and stick Avenir Carter in there because he's a bit quicker, well, a lot quicker. Or Felipe, I know he's a lot more experienced, but hasn't yet played, and maybe go with three in the midfield. But I think we did that last year, didn't we? And Rodri kind of bullied them all on his own. So um, I'm not sure what the right thing to kind of do is against Man City. It's kind of, they've really got to have an off day with respect to us, isn't it, for us to get something like, you know, the result at the City ground was absolutely incredible, but they missed at least two guilt as chance. I can remember, I mean, I mean Foden slipped over when he had a, a two-on-one with a goalkeeper and then, Haaland ballooned it over from about six yards out. So that, that's what you're kind of looking for, them to have a bit of an off day and us to be at his best um, to get something. But <laughs> what way to go about it? I mean, only Steve Cooper will know that, I'm afraid. He works with players day in, day out. And for that game, it's it's going to be a low block. Isn't it? They're going to have a lot of the ball. I guess the a shame is they aren't away in Europe this week some they aren't away to Red Star Belgrade rather than at home, so they'd have a bit of travelling to do. But I'm literally like clutching at straws now. It's, it's going to be us in a low block. 
but we're going to have to try and keep tight, which is something we didn't do last season. We could see that, I think, after maybe 11 minutes. And we're going to have to look to spring on the counter-attack, which this season we have got players who can, on the counter-attack, spring and hurt teams. So I can't, you kind of go in there and hope because they're the best side in the world and the, the treble holders. But in football, you never know. So, um, yeah, we'll see come Saturday. That we will. I also think, I reckon we'll go... Um, it'd be it'd be 5-3-2 I reckon mm. um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Nierkate Felipe come in I'd expect Tavares to start left wing back either right wing back yeah. it'll probably be a midfield three of Yates, Sangare maybe even Dominguez um, just to try and get you right <laughs> not a bad first and, game uh, it, <laughs> to play I know yeah <laughs> good luck would, would, um, would, and during, I, I, during I still think it'll you... be in the, in the two you go Origi and Orne would you not go? No, I, I go Gibbs White. Gibbs White, Tyway. Um, I think. I think. Yeah, because just Gibbs White is going to. Tyway's going to need an out. He's the most creative like, player. So if you still. give it, yeah, you still can't. Yeah, yeah if you yeah. give the ball, ultimately, like, well, when we're penned in, if it can't go to Tyway, you, you look at Gibbs White. He'll whether he carries it out, whether he looks to play it to the wing backs mm-hmm. in Zavares or Ina, or whether he tries to fight Tyway, he's the only person we thought realistically he can do that. So yeah, I, I reckon he'll be. Um, gives white you've got that, you've got to play tile up there because if we lump it out it, he's someone who can actually hold it up and that's it yeah hold the ball down Diaz yeah. and <laughs> give Diaz and really? Guardiola maybe he didn't, even, he didn't even start against them last no, season did no, he no in, I don't, did I, he start I, in the home I, game against them I can't remember if he did I can't, I can't. I don't think I'm not sure if he did you know but Diaz no, no I, I don't, don't. or Tywo no um, Tywo I don't think he did try and have a because, like, yeah, I, I remember the away game, we tried to play Lingard, uh, Johnson, yeah, and, and, we, Knight, and that we just got, just, just got we laughed just at, kick, basically. Yeah, we were just kicking out, <laughs> and he was just coming back, and you can't do that. You've got to have somebody up there who can hold it up a little bit. Um, mm. So, Manchester... But no, I, I kind of... No, it, Tyro was injured. He was injured, wasn't he? Because he had yeah. that injury after Southampton, and he didn't come back to April, so... No, he didn't play. Yeah. Um, so but imagine in it might have been like Gibbs White and Johnson, maybe. In terms of scores, Lee's gone for a three-one reversal. So I'm, I'm assuming that he means City to win three-one, and you know, not not Forest to win three-one. But um, yeah, so which I think, to be honest, in the grand scheme of things, it wouldn't even be the worst result in the world, which is quite terrifying. But um, Adam, what score prediction would you give for the weekend? I mean, we've scored in every league game this season. So, I mean, it's all going to come to a cracking end on Saturday, I think. I think City will probably win 2-0. I think we'll make it difficult. And I think they'll get they'll get one. And then they will get one where we're trying to somehow chase, um, I think. I just think they'll have too much quality for us, even though they are playing uh, this evening as we record this. So, yeah, I think they'll just have too much for us. Jeremy Doku absolutely frightens me from what I've seen of him. I'd, I'd rather Grealish play, to be honest, but... That's another another pod. <laughs> it's not a bad choice to have this. <laughs> no, it's not, is it? It's, it's, it's a bit unfair. Yeah, to be honest. I mean, Jack Grealish, who literally is probably the most foul player in the league and keeps the ball as good as anyone in the league for me. So it's not bad to have someone else in instead. Um, ironically, Adam City have scored in every game as well this season. So oh, far, I, I mean, they have won every game, so that does help, doesn't it? Oh, the, yeah, they have won every game, yeah. They have won every game, so um, we were the catalyst to them winning the treble. So maybe they'll they'll give us a result as a thank mm-hmm. you. 
Yeah, I see. I seen the little trailer for the documentary, and it it shows you Edison going in the dressing room as like chucking his gloves across the dressing room. So that that might be something in the mind. Who knows? Because they are serial winners, aren't they? They'd be like, oh, we didn't beat these last time. Let's let's beat them this time. So um, it, it's going to be very tough. And if we were to get anything, then. Yeah, God, if we was to get a point, run for the hills. But I'm going to agree with Lee. I think City will win 3 1. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm also going to lean towards a moderately heavy defeat. I think we'll lose 3 0. Um, it's not a reflection. I, 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 I don't. We've scored for 12 games in a row, and that's very, that's incredible, really. Uh, before I, we, we think like, Got seven goals already this season as well, so it's very good. But I, I just don't see us laying a glove on. I mean, the depth they've got is just staggering. I know, obviously, you look at the home game, and yeah, we've got a point, and we out City City and out Pep Pets getting the equaliser. But as Rhys said earlier, we should have been buried by then. Harlan should have had a hat trick. He didn't. He missed an open goal from four, four yards out. You can't really count for that. Um, he's the bloke to robot. That, that was the one out of 99, uh, 100, sorry, that he, he didn't get right. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll lose 3-0. But I mean, there's no shame in losing 3-0 to Man City, ultimately. Um, it's just, I just hope we don't get embarrassed like we did last year. Because I think the frustrating thing last year was when you saw Everton go there and draw, even with Lampard in charge. I mean, they're not invincible, Tessie. They, no, you, they you can leave scratches and marks on them. But Brentford won there last year, for example. Brentford won there, yeah, exactly. Mm. So, But a lot of things have to fall into place for you to do so. We so, just won, I think, we'll as fans, the performance is what was shown at Manu and Arsenal. Yeah. And like last it. season, Chelsea and Liverpool, where we yeah. actually go there and have a go. It's just last season, we just... Yeah, if Edison makes like six saves and, like, and we lose 3 wow, this is amazing and rolled over. Hmm. Yeah, that's obviously, it's not a day out, obviously, the game of football. But like, so if Edison makes six, seven saves and we've tested them, we've actually worked them, we've just been a bit unlucky and we lose 3-0, we sort of come away from that thinking, you know what, fine. Play that against any other team in the league, we're probably going to get a chance against something. But that's just unfortunately how it is. But the good news is, it'll be, we'll have City and Arsenal, the likely top two of the season, done and dusted away before uh, October. So, good stuff. Um, but yes, we'll soon see. Obviously, you never know football, as the great man once said. So, we'll have to wait and see how it transpires. But until then, yes, obviously, Good point, I suppose, all things considered. Forest sitting eighth in the table. Drink that one in. And yeah, come on, you Reds. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.